and hello hello welcome back to the gay racing podcast it's april 26th um it's a week after talladega hello hello alex how you doing today i'm doing great zach how are you i'm doing great i'm having an awesome day um i'm 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 pretty cool if i Love do say so myself <laughs> um so for today's episode on the gay racing podcast we had some exciting news about a paint scheme in the Indy 500 that you probably already heard of. Um, unless if you're if the Gay Racing Podcast is your news source, I am sorry for you. Um, <laughs> um, we're going to talk about NASCAR's um, pretty pretty good race at Talladega. Um, the T. We're going to talk about Kyle Busch and the T today, and JGR and you know their driver loyalty. We're going to talk about that more today. That's lots be really to fun. talk about in that. Lo- I mean, that's hot. That's some hot tea. The tea's gonna be good today, uh, as always. Not, it's never not good. Let's be real. Um, Slay and flop of the week returns, which is a, honestly a hit segment if you ask us. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> we have some we have some good ones today. My flop, y'all ain't ready for my flop. I got I gotta go off. But um, then Formula One at Imola. Um, surprise, surprise, championship implications. Um, <laughs> so we'll talk we'll talk about that, and we'll talk about Verstappen's win, what this means, and all that. Um, so yeah, your favorite place to see two gay guys talk about motorsports. Yeah. Um, so with that said, um let's get into it. Most importantly, never mind. Actually, I'll talk about that later. But actually, no, this is important. Sorry. I, so DHL, um, this is some some what's that TikTok? That TikTok guy that goes, gay news. Gay news. Gay news. DHL is running a pride livery at the Indianapolis 500 for uh with Roman Grosjean. Um, but yeah. So yeah, that's cool, right? Um, they ran it last year with Ryan Hunter Ray at Detroit and during Pride Month, and I think, you know, it hasn't really hit me yet, and it's hard to really realize the impact of this compared to like five years ago. Yeah, this is huge. A Pride scheme, a Pride livery is going to run the Indianapolis 500, the biggest race in the world. A gay Pride scheme. Like, I told my grandma about this, and I was just. A little, I got teared up a little bit. I'm just like, this is a big deal. It's so like, important. We are getting represented in yes. the biggest race of the world. Yes. And motorsport has not been the most open sport oh, for yeah. LGBT people. And there's a car for us in the race. Like, yes. that is so cool. And just one year ago, they ran this car during Pride Month. And now they're going to run it in the Indy 500. Like, it's so cool so cool i love it yeah and here's the thing too when i tell people i mean that this might just be a nascar thing when like people meet me and you know i act very how i act on this podcast i'm very gay mm-hmm. i'm you can tell i'm gay like that's just kind of the thing we've been new and they're like really <laughs> and they're like oh i didn't expect you to like nascar i i would have never expected that i'm so tired of hearing that i'm so tired of it but, no like NASCAR and motorsports were is not necessarily open or like obviously it is open to the gays, but it's not very obvious that it's warm and opening to the gays because really we haven't had representation. Last year was the first time we had stuff, or maybe in 2020 where we had stuff where it's like, okay, NASCAR actually cares about acknowledging gay people, you know? Yeah. Um and it, you know, Devin Rouse on the rise in NASCAR is awesome too, and seeing what he can do and Pride liveries, man. Pride liveries. Let's do it. Let's and, get some rainbows on these cars. Andretti Autosport, they put out a video saying oh, yeah. there was a day of like silence to let LGBT people speak 
So like they would just be silent for that day on social media. Yeah. And Andretti Autosport participated in that, which was really cool to see. Um, like Michael Andretti was in it and Roman Grosjean. Yeah, it brought like also attention to like how gay people have had to be silent for exactly. so long. Like there are people and oh my God, I even, I work with kids and stuff and I've had so many that tell me that like I can't come out to my mom. Like y'all, I and it's easy for us, especially in our lives to like kind of feel very comfortable and feel like, you know, there's right. no battle but then you look at what's going on in legislature down across the country and it's scary. Right. It's so scary. They're trying to erase. They People want to erase us. And, and that's you know, probably not going to change really in our lifetimes. Like, yeah. This is a very important moment in history, I feel like, for LGBT people. Um, for having a pride livery in the Indy 500 during a time when there's legislation across the country yes. that is trying to silence lgbt people primarily trans people it seems it's very special for this to happen in motorsport which is arguably the most uh anti-lgbt least welcoming sport yeah and i'm i i I really i'm really happy that dhl stepped up yeah it's very heartwarming they didn't have to at all um they could have had their same old red and yellow scheme yep but they wanted to put the the stripes on it um, and I have something I have something to say about um, this paint scheme later, but it is awesome that this is happening. Um, yes. Thank you, DHL. Yes. Thank you, DHL. Um, y'all, sl- what does DHL stand for? Um, I'm not de- sure. Like, not actually. Like, what's a fun, what's a fun thing we could make up? Um, we'll have to think about that. We'll have to get a yeah, think group we'll, on we'll that. We'll have to come back to that. Story. Avery! <laughs> I love imagining he's just in the studio. He's in the studio. Avery well, Hage on Twitter. Um. Anyways, ready yeah. to get into NASCAR at Talladega? I'm ready to get into it metaphorically. I'm never getting into a car at Talladega. He- oh. Heck no. Nope. Mm-mm, no, sir. Um. Yeah. There. Um. It was a pretty decent race. It was, you know, not too, not too like wild. Um. It didn't last five hours. Um. You know. That was nice. That was nice. Um. I got to go to bed at uh you know a reasonable time unlike last the week before um <laughs> um y'all still mad at me i know y'all still mad but, um but yeah so ross chastain gets the win um and that like i like where do we even start with this um it was a pretty i'd say because normally we expect a lot of wrecks we still had some wrecks we had some hard hits yeah like, the hits are just well, really hard man. let's start with this stat from joseph shrigley mm-hmm. on twitter that the final stage did not have a single caution lap. The the final stage was was green for all sixty three laps. That's insane. This is the longest in super speedway race history since two thousand four Pepsi four hundred. That Daniel. is crazy. Yeah, very crazy. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize it's been that long. I feel like we've had yeah. one or two races where you know we had a long green run to the finish. Yeah, like last year's five hundred was close, but the last stage is only like eighty something right. laps. Well. I guess they had one caution then. But yeah, so continue. Yeah, yeah, this is, I really enjoyed this race. I still think it was a little long. And when I pointed that out to you, like there's not as many cautions, but it still feels really long. It's really the stages still. And it's I, weird. I, really, yeah. I really don't think we need this race to be 500 miles. I mean, like, we talked about this before. but Stages it's- both add value to the middle, but I feel like they take value away from 
the end because it's like yeah. there's like you can just there's a caution that's gonna come out i it's weird like i don't know well I, but i think we can agree that this race can be 400 miles i yeah i feel like there's no reason i think you can keep the fall one as 500 oh yeah no i think one can be 500 one can be 400 even sure. maybe 300 but yeah, this but is just getting a little ridiculous. To jump off your point about the stages, the race winner, Ross Chastain, which we'll talk about more in a second, uh, Ross Chastain went a lap down early in the race because he had a penalty on pit road. And if you remember, Chastain was getting lapped. He was slower because he wasn't in the draft. Yeah, he was with somebody else, like McDowell or something. I think McDowell, maybe Kozlowski. Like a bunch of those guys who had penalties were all like in a little pack. Definitely Kozlowski. And... Chastain, he says, said after the race that he intentionally stayed in the middle so all the drivers would be held up and it would hurt Michael McDowell. So he would get the free pass position. So it was Michael McDowell, I think. And because there was a stage coming, he knew he was going to get that lap back if he did that. So it won, I guess it helped him win the race. And two, stages. Like this, what you can't predict when a caution is going to come without the stages. So I found that really interesting that Ross Chastain, and first of all, admitted he did it on purpose because a lot of people were upset with that move. I noticed. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I when I saw it, every time someone does that at a super speedway, a lap car tries to do something like that. I listen. I understand, but the risk of her, ugh, I. I guess it's not, le- it's less of a risk, but more of like, you do not want to be that guy that yeah. just wrecked a bunch of cars as someone that's a lap down. I don't you think do Ross not want to be that guy. Cares. Maybe Chastain doesn't care, but you I still don't, don't want to be that guy. Either. <laughs> you still don't want to be that guy. No, I get it. Twitter would have but... lit your, well, not that Twitter really matters, but Twitter was going to light you up. Mm-hmm. The drivers would have lit you up. I mean, the drivers still probably aren't happy with Chastain but then again Chastain just won the race so yeah he right. shouldn't care but it's and a little dangerous it is dangerous but I mean I think it kind of helped Chastain win this race oh, definitely I mean, I'm not saying he shouldn't have done it I'm just saying like okay it's the risk of ruining your reputation re- re- mm. the, the heck did I just say rep- reputation um but and so let's talk about Ross Chastain he did win this race this is second oh, for win of the season did first of all there was a discussion on uh, Sirius XM, I believe, where they were discussing, is Ross Chastain going to make the championship four? And I believe it was Nate Ryan who said no, because the other teams are going to catch up and everything. And I, what do you think on that? Do you think Chastain um, makes championship four? This is very, moment? like, I, I don't know. It's It's still hard to tell if the next gen has completely, like, leveled, not completely leveled the playing field, but, like, because obviously the teams can still set up the cars however they want to, but right. I don't know. I mean, well, that's the thing though. It's like every time, and Gluck was talking about this, like, well, we don't really know who the championship favorite is at this time of year, honey. We don't, we never know who the championship favorite is this time of right. year. I'm going to be real with you. Like, can y'all stop I, acting like it's a normal championship? I feel like we really don't know until after the summer months. Like, in the past, it was like after TNT segment when ESPN took over. That was kind of when you would start realizing. But now with the chase and the yeah. playoffs, you know, you don't really know until yeah. Like but like round of eight, and that is fair. That Chastain could easily keep up 
Um, or it's like those veteran teams that have been winning championships catch up and then they like they know how to win championships, right? They have the people. Um, you know, yes. track house has a lot of Ganassi people, and you know, I mean, you, you just it's all about personnel. This next gen car is all about personnel. Right. This is still kind of a wild card period in NASCAR. We're going to all these tracks for the first time. This brand new car. Um, we just found out short track racing sucked, right? Like, <laughs> so it's just like we're still learning so many things. Dover is going to be a really interesting track to see how Dover's things a go. Big test so, this. really, honestly, anything can be taken with a grain of salt. No one's the championship favorite right now. I'm gonna be like, I don't think I can call anybody the championship favorite. Like, if you had to pick a favorite, I think. Chastain has a really good argument for him because yes. his two wins sure have been Coda and Talladega where, you know, it was like a last lap pass. But he's been running really good too, though. In somewhat controversial ways. Yeah. However, he's always up there. Like, look back at Phoenix. He was part of that battle with Briscoe and Reddick. Yep. And there's been some mile and a half races as well. He's been up toward the front. Like, I think right now you could say, yeah, he probably is the favorite. But could you with this format, I just don't think you can really. Because Ryan Blaney's the points leader. Chase or Elliott is the Chase points Elliott. Leader. Yeah, but Ryan Blaney and Chase, they're running away with the points. So it's I like. I would say Blaney is probably, if you want to, if this is like a full season thing, I would say Blaney would be the favorite. Right. But again, we don't have that. And that'd be interesting to watch, but you know. Yeah. But anyway, really cool for Ross Chastain. I loved when the crowd, they like went nuts when the watermelon got smashed. I don't know. I that's I the it. that's um that's pretty good behavior from the Talladega grandstands with their track record. Um, oh yes. <laughs> sorry, not to bring that up. <laughs> that's just oh, what came to mind. Yeah. Anyway, but, but I like I love Ross that watermelon Chastain. thing. Are yeah, liking Ross Chastain. I mean, yeah, he won. You know? He got me three fantasy points, so I love that man. He's kind of cute. Like, <laughs> like he's not like hot, but he's cute. Um, mm. I like him. I like him though. I I. Okay, I got annoyed. I don't really like his fans for some reason. I I just feel like it's no. I it's not like I don't like them. It's just he he was like fans? he was he was a thing to like. Like he was a fa- he was a trend. It was trendy to like him. That's what I'm trying to say. He, I would say that his fans made the right choice because it's basically what Matt Benedetto was hyped up to be. Because they they had the period. Track, that's true ross chastain's a great underdog kind of yeah. yeah and now he's like with a not a top team but like a winning team so nascar owner pitbull yeah, yeah. two-time race winner pitbull. that's insane that's actually insane <laughs> more than michael jordan Ooh. that's true you know um next thing that i want to talk about brad keselowski let me down uh keselowski was my pick for talladega and he had two speeding penalties he could never even just. I mean, yeah, obviously those penalties, but did he have? Did he lead laps? I don't think so. But he was like, he got back up there when he. So the first speeding penalty, he did get his lap back from. A yeah, he just had so much trouble holding track position. Obviously, he managed to get back up there. He was like top ten or so, but then he got another speeding penalty, which just that just killed his race. It was too late in the race, and no other yellow came out. Uh, he had two. Speed penalties when he on entry of the pits. Right. Yeah, we saw that. 
Yeah. When so I oh my god, when one of the reporters was like Kozlowski speeding on pit road, I'm just like, oh yeah, no, we saw that. We got, <laughs> we saw that. Yeah, no, we got it. <laughs> you didn't need to tell us. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I kind of expected more from Kozlowski this weekend. I think those penalties just really hurt. But what can you do? Pick Austin Dillon. That's what you can do. <laughs> yeah. You picked Austin Dillon. Got the second place finish. Girl, I was about to scream. If he won that race, I was going to (laughs) piss. Oh, I was going to pee myself. And we had a streak going where we would start, we would FaceTime each other to uh, scream. If Austin Dillon would have won, that would have kept going. Yes. We did not FaceTime to scream at each other. I know the streak's over. The streak's broken. IndyCar's coming back, though. It's probably going to happen again. Yeah, that's we'll okay. Talk about that in a bit. Yeah, um, that was a fun. That was a fun little. Um, that let's talk about that finish actually, because well, yeah. let's talk about my man Kyle Larson. Um, and I, I I'll, I'll talk about him later. But like, I just I just really liked how he was about to win that super speedway race. Um, and but I told you there's no way kyle larson's gonna win a super oh yeah oh you was right but i'll take that top four that fourth place finish i'll take that that was nice and especially with the month he's had he's had a rough month in nascar right. um it's good to see him back on top or not back on top yeah. but back at back at the front at a track that he's not supposed to be finishing up front at you know right it's nice shout out to eric jones by the way i thought eric jones was going to win this race too the i knew he wasn't going to win very that race good at super speedways mm-hmm. what'd you say i knew he wasn't going to win that as soon as i saw him come off turn four with that big gap um, and so let's talk about far ahead let's right. talk about that drama like so people y'all hate kyle larson which i get it um i understand sometimes um like okay i understand yes did he shove Kurt Bush into the wall. Yes. But like, bro, he what was he supposed to do? Yes, he maybe should have faked outside and then went back inside. That's what he in hindsight, that's what he said he should have done. But like he was getting a run on him, man. Come on. I, I mean I'm not defending the move. I just Larson was going for a win. It's Talladega. I, I really don't see that's just how this racing is. There's yeah. no it that honestly was a racing incident. Larson was not just like, oh no, Kurt Bush is to me outside. I guess I won't make this move. Like <laughs> right. Like, and if I was Kurt Bush, I would have been like, mm, he's probably going he's probably gonna pull out. Right. I mean, but that's all hindsight. And now we wrecked. Luckily, no one got hurt. But and you know, one more thing about this race is I enjoyed it. And like we mentioned, there wasn't many cautions at toward the end of the race. Only like 20-some cars finished still because there were like two, not big wrecks, but like medium-sized wrecks, and it took out quite a bit of cars. Yeah, there was that Logano thing on the restart, which was so weird. That was very bizarre. So unnecessary, too. Just like, come on, guys. Right. We're the top stock car racing drivers in the world, and we do this? I'm just saying. Yeah. Some IndyCar behavior. Like when restarts, <laughs> yeah, restart drama. That was an IndyCar restart. God, God, then, Barber's gonna suck. <laughs> uh, anything on the race itself? Um, race itself? I mean, the next gen car on uh, these super speedways seems to be very like it's a lot like Gen Six. Um, seems like the bubble isn't as bad, but it's like the runs. Like once you pull out a line, you kind of stall out. That's what a lot of the drivers were saying. Um, I also noticed at the beginning of the race, a lot of the drivers were complaining about ride issues. And an interesting note about this weekend, 
was that there was zero practice because it just would have been pointless. The drivers wouldn't have run like in a pack anyways, because you can't afford to wreck these cars right now. And I get all that. It's just like, it goes back to like, okay, it would have been nice if these guys would have been able to set, you know, maybe because like, I wonder if Kislowski was speeding because they didn't set the speed thing. Right. But then again, that's a pit road that they do that at the pace laps too, though. So I don't know, but yeah. And, you know, Kyle Larson said he normally comes into these races with a plan. And this time he had no plan and he almost won the race. So I love that. I love that man so and much. Had no practice. So I mean, I love him. it seemed like just going in, no plan might be the way to go. See, and y'all were making fun of him, like um, defending series champion. Yeah, don't forget it. Don't forget it. <laughs> won 10 races last year. Don't forget it. All right. I'm going to tell you that right now. Let's talk about. The man of the hour, Dale Earnhardt Jr. was in Period. the box booth. Earnhardt! Sorry. Yeah, Earnhardt country. I absolutely loved him in the booth. Oh, my God. Best, I mean, best analyst in NASCAR? I I think there's a really good argument. Like, yeah, there's a real, you're sounding so perfect. There's a really good argument for that. I love you. I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Dale... Dale's so good. He has improved so much at oh this God. like broadcasting thing. He is He's natural at it at this point. And you know what? He was able to tame Clint Boyer. That's bonus points. I don't know. Maybe Clint again, Clint's been kind of up and down. That's true. Maybe Clint just had maybe he just took I don't want to make that joke. We're in the downward joke. slope of the roller coaster. Maybe there's yeah. still a few more weeks to go back up. Yeah. You know the my roller coaster analogy? When they were at Richmond, Boyer was in the middle of the loop-de-loop in the roller coaster. Yes. That's why he was insane. <laughs> but when Fox has honestly improved in the past couple of weeks. Oh, my God. The race day stage came back at Talladega. So that's two weeks in a row. If we'll see if it's at Dover. Dover. It's here to stay. Yes. I'm not convinced because Talladega is a big race for Fox. Yeah. If it's at Dover... It's back. What is Dover on FS1? I I have a feeling it's only for the Fox races. It's probably only for the Fox races. That's true. I think it Dover is on FS1, so probably won't be it. Yeah, which I mean, honestly, if they don't do it every week, that's okay. At least they have it at all, right? Like it's kind of silly. It was silly for them to like hype up a race at Talladega in the studio. That's dumb, in my opinion. Like that, you can't do that. Or Mark, I mean, Martinville's on FS1, but like. Come yeah. on, man. It's just like, that's different. It's the energy's great, and they should do it for every race if they really care about NASCAR, in my opinion, but it's okay. Right. Um, it was good to see. Um, Dale, but yeah, Dale, him and Clint worked well together. Um, Because Dale, you know, he's very enthusiastic. He's very analytical, especially with super speedway racing. I mean, he is just the smartest. I mean, he knows how to super speedway race, right? He was good at it. He won it a lot, so Definitely. it's His awesome. His analysis was so good. It like, always is. I it, learned a yeah, lot. Yeah. Yep. And he's just really it makes me get excited. I don't know. And I love the promotion between Fox and NBC. Yeah. So Chris Myers said um that Clint Boyer was gonna be there, um, was gonna call an NBC race. Yeah. I don't know if that was a joke. No, he said it on Twitter. It sounds like that's no, but like it sounded like a joke. <laughs> you know, I I, I, I literally it's a joke. I read it as a joke. I don't think it's a joke. It could be a joke. <laughs> Alex said it's not a joke, Zach. Wake up. It's not a Stop joke. Stop gaslighting me, Zach. Um, yeah, <laughs> we'll see. I don't I don't know how that, how's that gonna work. 
Jeff Burton. Someone wants to shut Jeff Burton up. Imagine if they if that happens and they all five of them in the booth. All five in the booth. <laughs> like, listen, NBC's better than Fox. Like, they definitely won't do that, but like <laughs> they won't do that. But imagine if they did. Where are they? They'll probably put they'll probably have Clinton Dale in the booth, and then Steve and Jeff will be on the, the peak, the cockpit box. Something like that, yeah. Or or or, or well, Jeff and Clint used to be teammates, so it's Jeff, Dale, and Clint for a drivers only booth, and yeah. then Steve is on the pit box, and then Rick Allen is calling track or something that weekend. I don't know. <laughs> like that'd be funny. I'm just saying. Right. I'm just saying that'd be funny. I wonder. Okay. Well, well, that we'll follow the story as it develops. Um, right. But yeah, that's all we got for NASCAR Talladega. I overall solid race i enjoyed it um didn't wasn't too crazy wasn't stupid um the finish was good the it was very intense at the end for me as a larson fan and i'll talk about that later but that was intense that was intense um but yeah um so we're gonna get the tea warmed up um while the tea is warming up take a listen from one of our sponsors All right, so the tea is brewed. It smells awesome for today's episode. Alex, pour the first cup. Let's get what, what's what what's the tea? What's the tea? Well, Zach, do you remember Bush Beer's Accelerate Her campaign that was announced during huh. the Daytona 500? Yeah, it was a big deal, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it turns out things might not be uh, going to plan to that. Uh, Tony. Breidinger announced on in a Reddit AMA mm-hmm. that she is no longer a part of the program. Uh, she said that she is focusing on sponsors that are actually on her car and oh. actually she put really supporting women. <gasps> so kind of interesting. Hey, yo. <laughs> because I remember when this came out, I was very excited about it. Like, it's, it's a big deal. Like Bush Beer was offering tons of money for women racers. But I haven't heard about this since the Daytona 500. That's true. Like, what is actually happening? Like, what's going on? Sounds like virtue signaling. Bush Beer was not on her car, and she's saying, yeah, I'm going to support my sponsors who are actually on my car and actually support women. Like a queen would. what she said. It's kind of sketchy. I saw some people saying this is not, like, confirmed. I don't know. Some people said that Bush was only offering them, like, ten thousand dollars bestie and that's bestie my tuition's more than that get out of here (laughs) get out of here get out again that's not confirmed but that is what i've seen a lot of on twitter and i don't know that's not a lot that's well people do be making stuff up on twitter yeah a lot of people making up stuff a lot of people make stuff up on twitter i mean girl but i don't know this is still unfortunate uh, it, it sounds like she left on her own, like it was her own decision and she wants to yeah. give more focus to sponsors she already has. I don't know. I just thought it was really interesting. I'm like, oh yeah, I haven't heard about this program at all. I don't know. Very interesting. Yeah, I um, honestly, to me, it sounds a little like they were just trying to virtue signal. I don't know, because yeah, I mean, honestly... You're not relevant if you're not doing anything for them, anyways. Like, 
Right. Just ugh, cut the bull crap. I, I, I kind of feel bad. think they're going to try sponsoring Haley Deegan when, uh, if yeah. she ever makes it to Cup. I think they're just waiting for her to turn eight. I guess she's, wait, not 18, 21. Yeah. Because she's, yet? I don't know. She just turned 18 like a few okay. years ago. That's because what I was thinking. Keep men on Twitter waiting on that. Waiting. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of unfortunate. What if Hopefully, she were? What if Bush will do something with this program? Again, I haven't heard anything about it. Since like, uh, yeah, like, what if it's just hyping? Like, what if they just made this for Haley Deacon? Which, like, is fine, but like, I don't know. It will be mm, do something, right? Like, March was International Women's Month, right? So, like, dude, where is it? Or Women's History Month? But like, right. Dude, it's just a little silly, but we'll see how it goes. Um, speaking of kind of rides and sponsors and stuff, um, it's a really good lead-in. So Kyle Busch's future at Joe Gibbs Racing is a little uncertain. Um, he was being interviewed over the weekend at Talladega. Um, and I think, what did they, I don't remember what they said. So they were asking Kyle about progress on his sponsorship search for right. next season. Because m is leaving. Eminem's is leaving at the end of the season. And Kyle was very short-witted, as he tends to be when he's angry. Oh, really? And and he was just like, I don't know, go ask Joe Gibbs. <laughs> and I think I think it was Jeff Gluck asked him, Well, when do you hope this will be done? Like the process of signing a new sponsor. And he said, yesterday. And it was just very brief comments. And then someone asked him, like, oh, like, is there a concern that you'll have a ride next year? Because his contract ends at the end of the season as well. And he was just like, I don't know, go ask Joe Gibbs. So, I don't know. Very Sounds like a lot of it's out of his hands, too, though. Like, that's what it sounds right. like. It's like, I, like, obviously, it's like he can't, oh, well, they can't really negotiate, I guess, if they don't have a sponsor. Right. So maybe and... he's just frustrated that he's kind of like, it's out of his control. And Toyota responded to these comments saying they were very disappointed, but they understood the frustration. It's just like, well, no matter what, Kyle has a place here at Toyota is basically what they said. And and in the Toyota statement, they said both Joe Gibbs Racing and Toyota want him to retire at Joe Gibbs Racing. However, I feel like you can argue how, like, what's the truth here? Because, you know, they dropped Matt Kenseth and they dropped Eric Jones. Clap if you believe that. I hear no, nothing. No <laughs> <laughs> like, they have, I mean, obviously Matt Kenseth didn't win a championship with JGR, but, like, they let Matt Kenseth go. Right. They, they yeah, Eric Jones was their new star. They let him go. Eric Jones First, was, like, the upcoming face of Toyota. Christopher Bell is currently now that kind of that. And mm-hmm. if he doesn't perform, I could see him going. Well, you know? before we talk about speculation of what could happen here, Bob Pachris put an article out, said Joe Gibbs Racing was close to a potential deal with a sponsor that needed maybe one to two more approvals from sponsors management. But he, he says he hasn't, he didn't hear anything about that. How long ago was that? He said that was fairly recent. Okay, so it's probably... I, I think it could still be alive. And then Joe Gibbs was asked after the race or before the race at Talladega, what's the process? What's going on? And Joe was like, well, it's going to, you know, it's a long process. It's going to take a while. But 
I don't trust JGR. I don't trust them. Elephant in the room here is Ty Gibbs. Yes. He's going to be in a cup ride. That is the grandson of Joe Gibbs. He's lighting the Xfinity series on fire. Literally almost. Yes. (laughs) That was beautiful. In multiple ways. Multiple ways. And he's going to be in a cup ride. And period. Yeah. You and I discussed this like a week or two ago. And I was just like, I wonder who they're going to replace. Yes. Or like, will they put him in 2311, like the 45 if Kurt Bush retires? Like, what's going to happen? I mean, yeah, if you look at Toyota right now, four of the drivers could retire in a year now, if I'm honest. Yeah. It wouldn't necessarily it, surprise me. It reminds me of Hendrick Motorsports in 2015. 15, yeah, when they had Jimmy Dale and Jeff. Yep. Yeah. That's very accurate. Like, yeah. I could see like all of them, you know leaving if they wanted in the, in next, the next few years yeah few years um i don't know and you know martin truex is like in his 40s now it's when drivers have been retiring and denny hamlin could go jump ship to his own team at 2311 because you know that team needs focus that's a kind of a disaster at the moment and i mean you look at christopher bell they just kicked their jones so i wouldn't count that out i don't know and Kyle Busch was the one I was like, I feel like they probably won't let him go. But Kyle also seems fed up just with NASCAR he right now. Like he, I don't think he's having fun. We've we've discussed this before. We could see Kyle Busch just saying, "I'm gonna I'm gonna leave. Like I've had enough. Like he's accomplished all he needs to, honestly. But I think he's someone who wants to race until he just can't anymore. Yeah." I mean, he has 60 career wins in the Cup Series, two championships. You know, and now Brexton, also his racing career, he probably wants to help. But like, he's going to retire soon. He did soon. say, it was a joke, but he did say, well, if I can't get a ride next year, I'll be Brexton's hauler driver. So That's cute. Yeah. You know, and that kind of just makes me think, too, like, Kyle, I wonder if Joe would offer him a role as, a like, a co-owner for jgr because i mean he's got kvm too like he's uh, he's got money right i don't know if that would happen right but that's just something that would but that interests sponsorship, me a bit. sponsorship matters it's king and it does sport. yeah it and, is you know ty gibbs doesn't have full season either like full season sponsorship but he does have monster and i imagine that's more than kyle bush has Yes. Because, you know, Interstate Batteries is probably just a Gibbs sponsor. Yeah, it's like six races at this point. Like, they and don't want to pay more than that. I think Stanley's a couple of races and Sport Clips might be on the 18 for a race or two. It's so like they all the races. Like, M&M's sponsors a lot of races for Kyle Busch. Yeah. Like, a lot. It's so a big loss for this Over 20, sport. I'm pretty sure. So, it's like, I don't, like, you got to find a sponsor willing to pay that much money. Like, I it might be multiple. Right. Like, how are you going to, like, it's going to look like the 20 car where there's a different and sponsor. And another on thing week. is Kyle Busch is probably one of the last drivers who's getting paid like a lot, a lot because he came into the sport, came in the NASCAR at its peak in like 2005. Right. So his contracts have always been really high. Yeah. He probably True. has one of the highest contracts right now. And if they can't get a sponsor to pay as much as M&M's did for a full season. That's true. I didn't think about that. They're like, we can't pay you this much money. That's such a good point. Yeah. And it's like, why even? And also someone mentioned on Twitter, like maybe Kyle Busch's like antics off the track. Like 
right. his attitude is caught up with him, right? Like, why would a sponsor want to market themselves with something like that? I mean, I don't. He was almost pulled out in like 2011, right? Early, over the Hornaday thing. I mean, like that's a fair point. Yeah. Right. Like how? Like I wouldn't necessarily want Kyle I mean, Busch to represent. The fans don't like him. The fans don't like. Why would you sponsor the most disliked driver who like gives? interviews like that and i'm not saying like kyle shouldn't give interviews like that it's just now that you need a sponsor it's like ooh, right it's like when you're job hunting it's like ooh, like maybe you should like chill right so i don't know i i hope he gets something i really hope he does because i think he i think he's good for the sport because he brings drama but i understand the view of a sponsor where they might not want to be associated with that and on top of how much money his contract is compared to everyone else, like if this were Denny Hamlin and FedEx was leaving, I think he'd be in the exact same situation because he came in, what, 2006? Yeah. So, Truex and Truex, literally Truex is the exact same kind of situation I'd right, say too. exactly. That's they all came into the sport at the same time. It's kind of interesting that they're like, yeah. Yeah. So it to be really interesting to follow Gibbs in the next few years. If Kyle Busch leaves, this is a question I want to ask you. Do you think he would go to the 10 car at Stuart Haas Racing? Kyle Busch? Yeah. No, he's going to retire. There's no way. You think he'd just quit? He's not going to. No, he's not going to. I think he's bestie. I agree. I agree. I'm just asking. (laughs) I've seen this discussed on Twitter. Who said that? I've seen a lot of who said you gotta tell me who said that. Who actually <laughs> said well, come on? He's but, gonna retire. I thought but, he was gonna retire last year. Like, come on, man. I think he's too tight with Toyota that it, I think he would just go to the truck series if he can't get a couple. Oh, <gasps> that's what he's doing. He's gonna race trucks. Oh no, he's gonna get that truck championship. Yeah, I think Dude. that's literally what he would do. He loves racing too much and he could focus more on Brexton. Yeah, that's like, what's gonna happen. Yep, cheers. <laughs> Cheers to that. He's going to retire at JGR. Right. That just might be this year. Maybe. We'll see. Right, it sounds Zach, like they'll have know. a deal for like a, a few years, but yeah. Zach, do you want to talk about our next topic? Um, Yeah, I figure we should Um, just, you know, talk about it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Like, so Dennis, um, Denny Hamlin's had a rough month. Um, So in response to that, he decided to be racist. <laughs> um like in yeah. <laughs> like and excuse us for laughing it's just like uh, this whole situation that was very funny i i bring humor to horrible situations and you know denny he girl my head hurts y'all also just hate denny hamlin which this is a fair reason to not like him right now but so he made he was kind of roasting his friend his buddy kyle larson he used an Asian stereotype um, from something. It's not important, but an Asian, yeah. an Asian stereotype that they can't drive. So as a response to when Larson, you know, bonked Kurt Bush, which is also Hamlin's car, like yeah. and Hamlin owns that car. So of uh, the 45. So, yeah. Um, so that was a big deal. Hamlin deleted it and made an apology, which I that's that's cool that you know he owned up to it he accepted a responsibility um almost immediately like and it wasn't like intentionally racist but it was definitely like accident not accidentally racist but like it it was racist but he wasn't it wasn't malicious right he thought he was being funny that happens that happens he thought he was being funny he crossed Mm -hmm. the line he realized he crossed the line 
he apologized, deleted it. Um, I respect that. Um, I yeah. think it definitely, I don't know. It, it might've been something where it's like, maybe that's how, I mean, him and Kyle communicate because it's like, and I'm not trying to make excuses, but like, cause me, Alex, we we're very homophobic to each other. <laughs> we are we like are. For, for fun, obviously. For fun. Um, but that's because we're both gay and we can, we can do that. But Alex, you said like, why would he ever post that publicly? So, yeah, my point was, before we recorded, we talked about this. I was just like, why would he post that? Because then in the replies, he had to make a thread as to why he tweeted it. Saying, Wait, I didn't even see that. To do that. Like, oh, I didn't see explain that. Himself. Like, if, oh. you, if you have to explain yourself, like... Why did you do this in the first place? Girl, I didn't even like, know that part. I don't like honestly, that. <laughs> if he would have just sent it to Kyle personally, yes. privately, it'd be fine. Yes. Because Kyle probably thought it was funny. Yeah. But when you <laughs> when you do this in public, like I don't I don't get it. You're just gonna I didn't know he double downed on it. I didn't that's news to me. You I don't know. I think it's a little stupid like he didn't think this through and then he had to do a thread on why that's such a bad look because yeah. he's and not the owner of 2311 and bubba wallace oh why why, why? bigger things to worry about than being on twitter i don't know but nascar did the right call because they are going to have him do the sensitivity training yeah because he needs some and like no this is a hot thing on twitter oh right God, now y'all lost your mind everyone's upset Look, he made a mistake, and I, he apologized for it. Whether he believes that he should have, like, why would you tweet it in the first place? Anyway, anyway, he's gonna do sensitivity training, and I think that's a good thing. And maybe he'll learn something. Maybe yeah. there's a topic on don't post dumb stuff on Twitter. Like, <laughs> it's yeah, it's like, like. It's just tough. It's a tough situation. Um, yeah, I I know it says two white guys talking about it. it's not very easy either. For sure, and I don't know. I don't think people should be mad at Denny Hamlin for it. He yeah. should be like disappointed, yes, but I don't think yeah, they should hold it against him say, forever. Hey, this is kind of screwed up, but don't be like like I'm glad I liked his apology. Yeah, and like I don't think it's like oh my god, I don't like Denny Hamlin. I hope he never wins again. Blah blah blah. It's like no. It's like, what do you expect like him to do? I expect, like, he did exactly what I think he should have done with yeah, that I apology. Agree. So like, I don't, I don't know what else you can really ask for at the moment besides attending yeah. sensitivity training, learning. And we talked about that with way, Kyle Larson. NASCAR sensitivity training—they've been using that quite a bit lately. Um, I think Kyle Busch had to do it. Haley Deegan had to do it. Dang. Kyle Larson had to do it. Obviously. Dang. I mean, I think it's good, and I assume that I want to take do it. it. I'm just I, I assume curious. if you do it, it just covers all the bases. That way it's like, well, if you screwed up on this, let's make sure you don't screw up on this too. Which I think that's, I assume that's how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. So that, that makes sense. Um, And I said something on Twitter. I, mm-hmm. I don't, I think it might, no, I said this on my actual um account. Mm-hmm. Denny Hamlin 
accidentally, I don't like saying accidentally, but Denny Hamlin saying something racist and then apologizing for it doesn't matter because he brought out all the other racists out of the word work and they're like, oh no, that joke was funny. Y'all are just too sensitive. Girl, oh my God. Y'all are so annoying. Go home. Go get a job. There are much bigger things to be upset about in this world than this. It's not a big deal. Like Denny literally apologized. Like you, like he yeah. stopped defending him. He apologized. He realized, like, stop. Yeah. <laughs> like, leave anyway. him alone. Anything else on this topic, Zach? Just like, yeah. And when I said that, I mean, like, stop defending him. Like, yeah. like, dude. But yeah, nothing else. Um, okay. Denny's having a rough month. He, I said flop of the week last week, and then he just said, "All right, what's he gonna do next?" I'm not, I'm not looking for. I better not do anything to him. Lord have mercy. In other news, uh, CBS Sports announced that Connor Daly is going to be in the booth with <laughs> Alan Bestwick for three races for SRX. They said they wanted Clint Boyer. <laughs> the Clint Boyer at home. Clint Boyer at home is Connor Daly. <laughs> I hate y'all. I'm, uh, I don't know what to say on this, honestly. This was announced today. I hope he gets a haircut. <laughs> Did he get a haircut? Did he get the mullet chopped off? He trimmed the mullet. This I time. hate him. It's He's not so like ugly. as intense as last year. I don't um, like him. But yeah, CBS had confirmed, like, uh, Alan Bestwick, Lindsay, Lindsay Zarniak. Queen. And uh, Matt Yoakam are all back. Queen. Or King. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Sorry. Also, we haven't really talked about it because I was waiting for the full roster to get revealed, but it seems yeah. like there's a lot of like one-off drivers or part-time drivers this season. Yeah, which is but Ryan Newman and Ryan Hunter Ray are the two new like full-timers. I believe Greg Biffle might be full-time as well this year. Yeah. So I if think you're a fan of them, that's where they're racing this year. You know what SRX should do? What's that? They should have a playoff format, not a playoff format. Let me, no, 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 no. Let me start. I shouldn't have said that word, but they should do a ch- Like if they're going to have less full-time drivers, they should just make it so that if you win a race, you get invited to the championship. Oh, okay. Or you're eligible for the championship. So it's basically NASCAR's final four. I mean, there's it's just, only six races. So, I mean, that wouldn't be. So it's like bad. they take the five winners and then like those five fight for the championship in the final hmm. race. That makes more sense yeah. than Tony Stewart winning the championship every year. Every year, yeah. Well, <laughs> like, well, I, last year... Like, and SRX is for fun anyways. Like, Elio Castroneves is part-time now. I think he's only doing three races. Yeah. I think Haley Deegan's doing a couple again. Bill Elliott's only part-time again. Like, a lot more uh, part-time. So, yeah, I feel like, you know, get, like, then make it so, like, if you win a race, then you, you get a shot at the championship. only part-time, too. Like, there's a lot of them that are yeah. downsizing it. So I think it'd be really cool if they did something like that. And it would make sense yeah. because it's not like it needs to be that deep of a championship format. So I think that'd right. be cool. And um, friendly reminder, Joseph Newgarden is going to run the Nashville SRX race. That's so, so cool. I forgot about, really that, so. about that. And last little bit of tea here. IndyCar today announced. I still don't new, understand it. You're going to have to explain this Indy one to me. 500 qualifying format. So basically, this is a setup because bump day is probably not going to happen this year. So how do they make qualifying a bit more they, exciting? Yeah. More they got to shift that focus to the t- the fast twelve or the, yes. whatever the top half, the top the the fast guys. Yeah, whatever, yes. so whatever it's called. 
Positions 13 through 30 are going to be set on the Saturday. Yes. And then positions 31 through 33, which is the usual bump day, but again, right. it's not likely it'll be a bump day this season. That's going to be set on Sunday as usual. Okay. So that's and normal. And then you have the race for the pole. You're going to have the top 12 rather than the fast nine. Yeah. You have a top 12. So it's basically the road course qualifying format. It's basically what they're doing. So okay. the top 12. On Sunday. On Sunday. And then they're going to take the fast six from those 12 to go for the pole. So it's just road course qualifying. It's basically the road course qualifying. Yep. Yeah. So basically all the. So the only thing they really change, instead of a fast nine on Sunday, it's a fast 12 and a fast six. That's yeah. literally it. So they just basically extended the qualifying runs for pole. That's fair. Because it, it yeah. I mean. Ugh. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. It's fine. I mean, yeah, we won't have a bump day. So. Yeah. Mine as well. Just. But like, does that mean 31st through 33rd is still going to like just qualify? Because that's a weird. Yeah, I thought that was a little weird because there is like a very slight chance there might be 34 cars. Right. But like if there isn't just in case if there isn't more than 33, though, they shouldn't do that. Like, just let them chill. Like <laughs> and that, those poor guys just have to they're already locked in the race, but they got to keep going out there. for the like, last three. Spots. I mean, that'd be dumb. Like that's or maybe it'd be funny because maybe it's yeah. like a pity. It's like a pity. Yeah. Uh, the pity poll, like fighting for the fighting for scraps. Right. Watch these peasants fight for scraps. Oh, my gosh. That's funny to me. <laughs> All right. Zach. I mean, yeah, I, it'll be a good show qualifying. But yeah. yeah. Let's talk about our sleigh and flop. Of yeah, the that tea was good, and that tea has energized us to to slay and flop, um, as always. So, um, who who should go first? How should we do this? Um, how about you go first? Okay, we'll figure out a system, but I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, it doesn't matter. So, my sleigh of the week, I alluded to it earlier, but. Kyle Larson's my sleigh of the week because not I'm so self-centered. I was the sleigh of the week last week, and now it's my favorite NASCAR driver. But I felt like a Kyle Larson fan Sunday. I haven't felt that nervous for him to win a race since probably like not even really the championship race last year. I haven't felt that nervous since like when he was trying to get wins back in 2019. Wow. Right? Like I I just because winning Talladega would have been such a big deal to me, and I, honestly to him, because he struggles at these super speedways, and I think finally winning would have been a cool thing to do. And he was leading, and man, that was a good show. I really felt like a Kyle Larson fan in that moment. I haven't really felt like one lately because, honestly, wins. he just wins a lot. And, you know, I, I feel like I've accomplished a lot as a Larson fan now. Like, I've seen him win a yeah. championship. You know, I've seen him win the 600. Super Speedways in Darlington really are the last things for him to win. Honestly, yeah. there's no other big races for him to win besides so like Indianapolis. Still, you're still excited to like see him win something new, basically. Yeah, it's like when he's like fighting for a win at California. It's like, eh, sure. Yeah. But like, and it makes me a little bit sad. Like I still like Joseph wins a lot, but I still get really excited for Joseph winning. Mm -hmm. I think that also goes back to like the championship not being a thing until like the last four weeks, you know? True. So it's like, True. it's not like I can just cheer for him to fight for the championship because right, it's just about winning races. So yeah, that's another topic, but yeah, Kyle Larson, um, he's my slay of the week, I think. And also just shout out to him for getting a top five of Talladega. 
Nice. Sorry. Self-centered. And my Slay of the Week is Larry McReynolds getting second place as a crew chief at Talladega in the yep. Xfinity Series. First time he's crew chief since, I believe, 2000? That's like, how old I am. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Larry Mack was the crew chief oh. for Jeffrey Earnhardt in the Xfinity race and got Earnhardt. second place. Nice. I was so excited for Larry. I yep. couldn't focus much on the race, if I'm honest. But I was very excited. They ended up getting the pole as well. Yeah. He set so, that car up fast. He set that car up. Does, Wait, because like he literally set that car up, right? I think so. Yeah. Ain't that how that works? I think, yeah. <laughs> and that's like a part-time RCR team. So they gathered like um, I don't know. I don't know how that ever works. They probably just gathered like a cup pit crew and then I don't know, but right. that's cool though. That's really cool to see. Um, I, I hope Larry had fun. I hope he did too. He looked like it. He was really yeah. fist pumping down. Yeah, the, the fist bumps were so <laughs> cool. With the final lap. Oh my gosh. And shout out to Jeffrey Earnhardt because he doesn't get many opportunities these days. Yep. Um, nearly won a race. So yep, that yeah. would have been big. All right. It's time for flop of the week. Zach, you've been hyping me up all week about this. This is a what do you what do you have to say? Flop well, I've been hyping you up because when I first saw this, this actually genuinely made me really upset. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to handle this in a the best way possible. So, like this is actually kind of serious, not gonna lie. Like, so it is. It is. we know David Land. And he's a he makes I'm gonna start this off. He makes really good IndyCar content. Very good. He's gotten more media access lately, too. It's been even better. He's got some interviews with drivers. It's been great. It's awesome. It's awesome. His little race recaps are awesome. A lot of his takes on NASCAR, in my opinion, I agree with and are accurate. Um, And that's why I love his content. Okay. And that's why it makes me really disappointed when he says something like when he mentions the DHL pride car. Well, mm-hmm. he didn't even call it a pride car. I'll get to that. He has it in his thumbnail. So we click on the video and I expect for him to talk about it more tastefully than he did. He, um, I should pull up the video and find the quote, but um, basically he said um, the, he referenced it, referred to it as the fruit striped car and fruit stripe. It's not a slur. It's just like a candy, but it's like, it's obviously the pride flag. Call it the pride car, right? That's not asking for too much. And then, he made a comment that's like, this will certainly be good for the sport, sarcastically. Yeah. So he was, was saying that sarcastic. he was saying that this would bring negative attention to the sport and that this basically and, isn't a good thing. And I go ahead, Alex. Well, when he said that, he said that in the form of online discourse, that'll certainly be good for the yes. sport in a sarcastic tone. But like it is still overall a good thing for all of motorsport not just yeah. IndyCar. And to say it like that is really just a slap in the face to any LGBT race fan. It's disrespectful, in my opinion. I felt yeah. very disrespected. I don't think that's acceptable behavior to talk like that. Yeah, I agree. I, I have zero tolerance for it. And it's like, yeah, of course there's going to be negative discourse because homophobia is a thing. Right. It will always be a thing. We talked and about that earlier. Saying it sarcastically like that is not helpful. You got to be respectful. It's there's no it it costs you zero cents to be respectful about that. Yeah. Like it and I I respect David Land as a reporter. Too. I don't have respect for him when he says stuff like that. And that makes yeah. me upset. 
I like his content. He's the only thing IndyCar YouTube has. And for him to say something like that is disgusting. His content for IndyCar has gotten very good. Like it's really improved. And when I saw he had the pride car and his thumbnail, I got kind of excited. I was like, oh my gosh, like, is he going to like talk about it? Like, listen, I was just like, oh, maybe he'll be like, oh, I don't know. They have a pride car. Cool. Anyway, but I don't know. To really sarcastically say that was kind of just, it was not kind of, it was insulting to LGBT fans. Yeah. Like he said in, I quote, an interesting uh, addition to the field will be Roman Grosjean's fruit strike part. Yeah, like, you know, it's, yeah. I, again, I, and on my anger, I'm not angry, angry. It's just, I am very upset. Yeah. I mean, he's, when I said you were hyping it up to me, I mean, like, we've been talking about this a lot and you really want to talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. And I'm, it's a very important thing to talk about. Yeah. And I just wish I want him to do better because mm-hmm. he's he's got a platform. That's mm-hmm. a way to, that's a thing to talk about. When you have a platform, you your words mean so much more. I feel like we I mean we have a platform, mm-hmm. and I I want to make sure you know I'm not trying to bash David Land, but that's no, just unacceptable to me. Like I don't think I. I don't people, want to tolerate that. People need to be held accountable. I And I want to hold him accountable for that. And I thought about posting something on Twitter all week calling him out. And I still might. I still might, I might highlight this part of the podcast. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'll probably get his fanboys after me. But I don't really care. It's just... Yeah. I, I, I just feel like everyone's ignoring it that it happened. And it just... You yeah. know, is it a little ridiculous to get upset over two sentences when the weight of the situation, the weight of his platform, I don't think it is. But that's all I have to say. That's a big flop for me. That's a flop. That's You flopped. Flop! That's it. And Fun Zach back. My flop of the week is Charles Leclerc at the end of the Imola race ended up hurting his championship chances, I feel, like by trying to go for fastest lap and hurting his third place finish and finishing six instead because he's going to need all the points he can get to have any chance at beating Max Verstappen in the championship. Yes. And I feel like this is just a big flop because, I mean, you can't do that when you're going up against Verstappen. That's not how you win an F1 championship. And, no. yes, Verstappen, while Red Bull – I mean, we talked about it, though. Like, it's like, how are you going to make a 50-point gap? Oh, well, Ferrari makes mistakes like that. Right. Like, pit, like they did not – and that's why I don't like fastest lap because it invites the teams to do stupid stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I really don't like the fastest lap point anymore. It just invites them to do stupid stuff like that. If right. Because we talk about with stages and at road courses, if – the strategy to finish as high as possible conflicts with the strategy to get extra points. Mm-hmm. That's dumb. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Like it's just oh, it's like getting he was ridiculous. trying to get one point and he lost m- multiple points. I don't know how many points yes. exactly. I think he ended up behind Norris at one point when he pitted. Like he had to mm-hmm. pass him. Which like mm-hmm. Ferrari, what are you doing? Like yeah, play defense. Like just hold on to third. Yes. I feel like it just was not worth the risk. The risk is greater than the risk. It's one point. Yeah. Like, and he, by the way, he could have ended up spinning out completely, not getting any points. Yeah. 
like he spun out and it could have destroyed the car like a lot like awfully and it he was lucky to get back up to six right that yeah i feel like these teams value one point too much like yes lewis and max tied last year at one point but like still the the difference of position is still like like for the the win is seven points so it's like is it that big of a deal i don't know right but yeah, that's a flop. Yeah, I think he flopped. That was a and Ferrari kind of flopped anyways because that was a big weekend mm-hmm. for them in their home country. Their home. I think that's closer to their home than uh, Monza is. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, because it's named after um, Enzo Ferrari. So yeah, mm. that's that's their home track. So it's kind of kind of sad. Um, and with that, let's talk about the F1 race. Let's go ahead and talk about F1 at Imola, the um, Emilia Romanga Grand Prix. Um, which I think that's like the state that of Italy that they're in, Emilia Romanga. I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know that. But so Verstappen, um, basically, I mean Red Bull. Verstappen gets max points that whole weekend, right? Because he got fastest lap. Um, Red and he Bull won the sprint race too. Yes, and yeah, we had a sprint. Um, sprint, not sprint race. That F- FIA is gonna get you, Alex. Um, <laughs> what? It's not called a sprint race. Just a sprint. no. It's officially just called a sprint. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Last year, they did not like it when, like, they told Sky people specifically to call it sprint qualifying or just sprint, not sprint race. Really? Because don't, huh. they, they didn't want it to get it confused with the Sunday race. Oh, God. So, anyways. <laughs> um, but the sprint, it was a really good little, let's talk about the sprint first. Did you watch it? I did not. Okay, so I'll just talk about it real quick. It was actually okay. good. The racing was really decent. Um... And actually ended up, Claire led the first, like, 75% of the, the sprint, and then Verstappen caught him at the end. It was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the first green flag lead change in a sprint um, for the lead. Um, wow. But, and I think there's been a lot of talk about sprints. I still think they kind of take away from the, the, the luster of the Grand Prix, right? And, like, mm-hmm. any weird, like, K-Mag qualified fourth on Friday qualifying, and, you know any grid shakeups get kind of normaled out. Like they level out with the sprint, you know? So it's yeah. a little, it's a little dumb, but it still felt like just looking at it from a race perspective and getting some action on a Saturday. I liked it. I I, I liked it. I um clap. If you like the sprint race, I am not clapping. I, I, I still, I so I think <laughs> where I'm at with the sprint races, because we talked about this last year, I, I, I'm very against sprint races. I was very against sprint races. Now I'm like, I think it should still just be a thing for all of the drafting tracks. So we should have a sprint race at Monza, Austria, and like um, maybe just Silverstone, just because it's a big F1 weekend. But mm. like Emola, where it's hard to pass, is a weird track to have a sprint at. Um, I think having it three times a year, just three times a year is good. Having it every weekend sounds exhausting, sounds boring. It would get old really quick. I'm glad they don't do it. Yeah. Um, so I think what they do now, I think I'd be fine with this. I, I've warmed up to the idea. Sit, I th- and I think just three. Make it special, right? Keep it special. Mm-hmm. I think that's fine. And I'm glad they award more points for it this year, too. Like, the winner gets eight. That's hefty. That's a pretty good amount of points. Right. And Verstappen, as you said, did get max points for this weekend. Yep. Uh, and this was actually the first Red Bull 1-2 since I believe 2016 I saw. That's insane. I did not realize Red Bull didn't get a 1-2 last year. Yeah. 
I mean, well, think about it, really, because Lewis and Botas were Lewis. Lewis was always up there. And, um, And, you know, anytime Perez won, Verstappen wrecked, really. (laughs) Like, I was was thinking, like, of Baku, and that was when Verstappen was ahead, Perez was second, but then Perez had his issue. Mm -hmm. So... Really crazy stat after how last year went. You would have thought at least once last year, but or no. just like I mean, it's Red Bull, yeah. You know, like 2017, even with Ricardo and uh Verstappen, right? Like yeah. it's in you know, it's just it's kind of insane to think that. So right, but yeah, good weekend for Red Bull. Good and weekend then... for Red Bull. They got they almost scored. They they missed one point that whole weekend because Paris finished second or finished third and not second in the sprint. They right. missed one point that whole weekend. That's insane. <laughs> And then not a great weekend for Ferrari, as we've already touched on. Yeah. Carlos Sainz was out early twice now. After DNFing at Australia. Oh. And I believe Daniel Ricciardo took blame for this incident. Yeah. It, it's, and that's uh, a racing thing, but it just sucks. You know, Not good for Ferrari in the constructor standings. Sainz misses out on points twice. I don't know. This is not ideal for Ferrari and Carlos Sainz. And do you think Sainz is like feeling like pressure? Because Definitely. now Leclerc is like not. It's ob- well, Leclerc's obviously the the best, the championship driver. favorite. Yes. Yeah. And Sainz would have to be the number two driver. So he just signed a new contract. He's going to be with Ferrari for another season or two. But you think he's feeling pressure? Definitely. Definitely he's feeling pressure. I think it comes from the fact that this is the first time. I mean, he's just, he, Ferrari showing up to Bahrain fast means he's expected to now win races, right? Like he's now expected to win races. And Charles and Carlos came into this season, in my opinion, as equals, right? Equal Mm -hmm. drivers. With Carlos's, you know, I think Imola solidified that you know, he is number two now. Yeah. And it's all about helping Charles win this championship. And that's kind of sad, but that's just how it is. I mean, he's, why would you put stock in him? I mean, he has 38 points. Carlos has 38 points. Charles has 86. Like, you know, he's an Australia was driver inflicted errors. And you could even, I mean, I don't know. I don't remember where he started. Um, in, uh, at Emila, but like, you know, if qualify better, right, then that won't happen right. at the start. So it's just, it's unfortunate. Um, I right. think he's definitely feeling the pressure. I don't think the MLO weekend helped because it's all this Ferrari fanfare. And yeah, so I think he's, he's, again, he's still young. He's still young F1 driver. Um, Ferrari's a big deal. He's got now his teammates leading the championship. So, and winning races. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think with, uh, side note, I think with, Magnuson really outperforming Mick Schumacher. I think that's really helping signs in the long run uh, maintain that Ferrari seat. <laughs> True, because Ferrari's ruthless. Yeah, and I, I feel like Mick Schumacher should be running a little better. I don't know. Yeah. I think, yeah, he's definitely having some growing pains. Um, I mean, yeah. I think there's a it's few only drivers. only second season, but still. There's probably a few drivers. I mean, Lewis. We'll talk about Lewis in a minute. Or Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, in a minute, but... um. Yeah. I I also want to talk about George Russell. He had some really fun battles in that race. Like at, yeah. earlier in the race, he and K Mag were going at it. And then late in the race, probably my favorite part of the race was 
Russell versus Botas. Valtteri was on a mission to try and get around him. He, he was trying to get him so hard. Shout out Brooke Curran. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> he was pushing, man. And Alfa Romeo. Like, it, that was so fun to watch. That, yeah. I Valtteri, he's, again, we, we've been said this. He's just having fun this year, man. He's just having fun. But shout out to George, though. He's fourth in points. Yeah. Like, George Russell is having a great rookie, not rookie, but like a great first season at Mercedes. Yeah. In context of that Mercedes is not the number one car anymore. Yes. You know, like they, he's finished all the races, I believe inside the top five. Well, is there an argument that Russell is the number one car right now? Well, right now. Yeah. P- purely on pace. He is beating Lewis because Lewis finished what? 14th. And, like, that wasn't just, like, yeah, he just couldn't break into the points. And he was stuck behind Gasly for oh. so long. There was, like, a train of cars in front of Lewis, but he just could not. He was at the end of it. He could not get around them. Yep. Like, and then he got lapped. Lewis Hamilton got lapped by lapped. Max Verstappen in this race. Like, what a difference a year. And, like, you know, that's crazy. a big hot topic. What is going on with Lewis Hamilton right now? Right. Um, it's like, and, where? Yeah. Like, where is he? Where is he? What happened? And some people are blaming the car. Some people are blaming him. Some people are looking at how last season ended and the fact that maybe he almost left F1. You know, maybe he still wants to leave F1. Right. What, Alex, what do you think? Lewis is the only one who really knows. Like, if he was going to leave, he's the only one who knows that. It's very Carl Edwards-esque. Yeah. It's haunting. It's haunting. It really is haunting. Like, I wonder if he didn't consider it because, like, he had to be really pissed off after what happened at the end of last season. And, you know, the car is not running well now. I mean, it's really, it's got to be annoying. I don't, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if things don't improve, he might just say, I'm done because this is kind of. Uh, yeah. And at the same time, though, I feel like he's like Jimmy Johnson, where he wants to yeah. end on top. He's not going to settle for this. I wouldn't either. Right. Like, it doesn't matter right. how many championships you run one. It's all about what you're doing now. And I don't think Lewis Hamilton is satisfied at all. I agree. And the team and, you know, I we don't know if it's the car or if it's him. I'm but it can't be the car. Because it can't Russell's, be the car. Russell's running. I mean, the car isn't perfect obviously it's not right what it was the porpoising's bad but like y'all lewis it's it george is doing fine not like he's doing fine russell is behind ferrari and red bull still but he's still like top five and lewis missed a q2 that one time and you know like that just doesn't add up to yeah. me and, and what also doesn't this. make sense is that Lewis started the season I and mean, he got that podium at Bahrain. Like it's like Mercedes yeah. is fine. They should be fine. But there's something with that 44 car. I don't know if it's the driver or the car, but there's something with that 44 car that's not yeah. not clicking. Not clicking. And I don't know what it is. And they need to figure it out because mm-hmm. Lewis Hamilton's a big deal. Do you think Lewis Hamilton wins a race this year? No. No, I don't think I can safely, I confidently bet on that. I, I think George will win it before he does at this point because you just I, have to look at the data. I think, I think he, I picked him to probably win the championship this year before the season, but I honestly, I'd be surprised as well because who did I a, pick? 
this is a lot to turn around in just a short matter of time. And, you know, you can have, you can, this happens in F1 a lot. He's like, just a few years ago, Ferrari was like awful. And now yeah. they're back on top. It seems. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's a good so, thing. You know, it's not like it's doomsday over at Mercedes, yeah. but well, to so, be fair, though, Ferrari was aided by that new car. Let's be real. That's true. They get they got like you. It's not like we're going to get another reset. Right. Like the state of where you are now. It's like, OK, there's nothing to look forward to. to it's like when games stop getting patches. You know, like right. the Smash players, like your character's not going to get patched anymore. So you can't just be like, oh, well, they'll get buffed eventually. Nah, it, this is it. Like Mercedes is not getting a buff anytime soon here. They're going to have Hopefully. to figure it out themselves. Yeah, they got to figure it out themselves. Um, But then again, no, you're still right, though. I mean, it does happen. Like Racing Point in 2020 mm-hmm. showed up really fast. So we'll we'll just yeah. have to see. Aston um, Martin, yeah. They're just, and yeah. F1, the great thing about F1 that I like is that there's so much at the disposal for the teams to figure out. And um, mm-hmm. the Mercedes, they've won eight constructors championships, mm-hmm. the last eight. So they'll figure it out. They got it. Right. Um, and speaking of the new car, the racing at Imola, considering it's a kind of narrow, twisty track, was really it. successful. It was good. The cars, we've seen it every week. The cars follow close. Mm-hmm. There's evidence that that's happening, and it's great to see. And there wasn't DRS for the first, yeah, because the race, half of the race, the race started, started wet, yeah. Um, and they were not turning because D- so DRS is turned off for wet conditions, if you don't know. Um, so when the track is dry, mm-hmm. which you know, teams are on dry tires, DRS is supposed to be on. Um, and then Sky Sports, Alex, they they were they really wanted DRS turned back on. Sky was begging for DRS to be back on. I think what they were doing, since the team principals can't talk to the race director anymore, I think Sky themselves took it in their hands. Like, okay, we're gonna go start begging. <laughs> like this is it just seemed like every like three minutes, Crofty was being like. Oh, I don't understand DRS. why we don't have DRS. I don't understand why we don't have DRS. And it's just, I get it. But like, they were when the track was like still wet, they were begging for this. And I was just yes. like, like, I was enjoying it. It's not like we needed this, you know? It's like they were still making passes. I mean, I I I still yeah. I still can't tell if DRS is necessary. And honestly, the racing we had there, mm. I think is good data to determine if we still need DRS or not, because yeah. like I don't know. It's hard to tell. Maybe that's why they waited a bit. I honestly, I think that might be why. Because after a while, yeah, DRS should have been on. But it was just like at the at first when they just kept begging and begging and begging. The Sky Sports, that is. I was just getting like, this is annoying. I've never been annoyed yeah. at Sky Sports, but I, this is this is getting yes. ridiculous. But I also agree that it should have been on. But like, to stop begging. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I mean, we like it when like, broadcasters I, speak their mind. Too, it's though. good they called it out like why isn't it on yet but they were doing it like, they yeah. sounded like that the race was boring without it yeah. i think that's why like that's if it was problem. like you need to follow the rule book it was more like this race is boring turn drs on for entertainment like i don't know maybe y'all didn't get that vibe but i kind of got that vibe i got that vibe um i also just like talking trash so hmm. but <laughs> i here's the thing though too I we've been talking about DRS almost every F1 race. I feel like we talk about DRS yeah. and I don't 
necessarily like how it's like a hot topic every single F1 race now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a good thing. And I think they really need to look at it. And if it's necessary, what to change yeah. about it. So, someone who's, oh, what did someone say? Someone had a solution to DRS and I really liked it. It wasn't pushed to pass, but it was like, um, I don't know. I have to I have to find it. It was something that I liked better instead of it just being like you're behind the guy and you get your wing open. Like, yeah. Well, as we talked about though, this race, once again, championship implications, every race matters. I really like F1 for that. I think that's my favorite part about F1. Is there's that- drama. Charles Leclerc making that mistake is drama. Yep. Every there's race impact. there's been some kind of drama, and that's what matters most, I feel like for it makes you want to watch every week. To yep. see how the story unfolds. Yep. Like we've been said that we have literally said that twenty times. Yeah. Well, I will. I will die on that hill. Anything else to talk about F one at Imola, Zach? I don't think so. Good race. Good race for a yeah. track that we weren't really sure what to expect. But this, I have to say, F one's new car has passed a lot of tests. They are doing great on I over agree. there. I I'm proud of them. Next F one race is at Miami. Miami on Mother's Day. Very Probably. interesting. Yeah. Um, same day as to... Darlington. That's going to be fun. Yeah. And yeah. are we ready to talk about our fantasy pick? Yes. So as um I mentioned, Austin Dillon finished second Um, as Brad Kislowski was going fast only down pit road. <laughs> yep. But I really, man, uh, I knew he was going to be up there too. I died. So I picked him. I knew Austin he was going to be up there. Austin Dillon was a very good pick. I pick. think I've made a lot of good picks this year. I'm going to be real with you. I'm doing good. I'm glad I got that points lead. The points um, are now Zach has nine and I have seven. Yep. So I've a win takes consistent. you. A win gets I, you back on that lead, though. I know. I, I need something to get back in that lead. Something. All right. Are you ready, Alex? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Pick. Three, two, one. Kyle Larson. Chase Elliott. <gasps> I thought about picking Chase Elliott. I did. That's cool. Oof. Hendrick, Hendrick boys. Okay. I let you take Kyle Larson. No, you didn't. I, I did. I didn't. You're not, I was going to pick Tyler Reddick like an hour ago, <laughs> but then I was like, nah, I, after, so Kyle, Kyle got me hyped up at Talladega. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going full back in. I'm going back in with the Kyle Larson train. Okay. Let's go Wendover. Let's go Wendover, man. I think Chase Elliott is going to get that win and he's, gonna join the other hinder guys that's getting a win this year i don't know chase elliott is giving me like two wins this season vibes well one of them can be at dover all right <laughs> i didn't two ask wins. you then that you're right i think he i mean again well i wanted to pick hendrick because hendrick one two three four last year at dover and hendrick's still been pretty good this year they have four wins byron's won twice um if anything byron won the last normal track we were at if Martinsville is normal. Um, nothing's normal in NASCAR. I don't know what am I talking about? Um, but yeah, so that's cool. That'll be interesting to play out teammates. So yeah, and Dover is gonna be very interesting as we touched on earlier with, with this new car and the concrete. I mean, yeah, I mean we just had a bunch of short tracks and um yeah. braking, and then we had the dirt in Talladega. So we're back to like this, you know, by the way, more intermediate. This could be a pivotal race for Dover because it's, now it's Dover Motor Speedway. Yes, it's owned by SMI. Yeah, so they have control. If this race isn't good, you know, I might be a little worried for Dover. Yeah, I I heard people talking about that. Like, 
I mean, I liked Over a lot. I yeah. I hope it stays on the I schedule. Think it's, it's a very a little track. race because it's in a very important area of the country yeah. for fans to be able to go to a race. So I feel like they won't get rid of it if it sucks. But it's a nice race. I hell heck, Dover's not that far from me. I should go one day. I really should. Yeah, it's not that it. far from me. I should check All it right. out. It'd be fun to watch in person. Next up, we have IndyCar back. Yeah, I know IndyCar keeps taking their weird breaks. But guess what? We're going into the month of May. We're kicking it off with Barber. And I'm very excited for this race. This was the season opener last year. Yep. Are you ready to make your pick, Zach? I am ready to make my pick. I got him lined up. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Three, two, one. Joseph Newgarden. That was my second choice. Alex (laughs) Below was my second choice. Yo! Okay, so I feel like they're the championship favorites, and you have a Larry McNugget that you have to tell me, but my Larry McNugget was that five of the last ten Barber races or so, um, the champion won it. So, that's it. So, what's your your nugget? My Larry McNugget is that Team Penske did not test at Barber in the preseason testing, so they might be at a bit of a disadvantage. And I feel like you know, as much as I'm a Team Penske fan, I feel like it's pretty hard to win four in a row. Three. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Four. Yeah. Four. Yeah. I thought I was, Joseph I was thinking Joseph's on my mind. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, I think, I mean, Polo won this race last year. And, you know, Penske didn't test here. They used it elsewhere. So I, yeah, I don't know. I think- uh, no, that's fair. I think the win streak will come to an end here. Yeah. As a Penske fan, I hope not. That'd be, you know, that'd be amazing if they keep going. I think Pelot's going to get his first win of the year. Um, my second pick was going to be Will Power because he is very good at Barber. So is Joseph. But- I'm just riding the Joseph train. I just think, I mean, he just had a kid. Like, he's hype. I, I'm going <laughs> to ride this. Nine, yeah. I'm going to ride this. I'm going to ride this to see how far it takes me. Um, I think it's... Fair. I Again, I think the month of May is his month. Yeah, Will he win five races in a row? Could he win? Texas. Where did we... Long Texas, Long Beach, Barber, NDGP, and the Indy 500? Yes. I will say he that could. right now on the podcast. I think he could. If anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Joseph Newgarden specifically this year. Right now, yeah. he just had a baby. I'm just saying. Could you imagine if he did win that? Alex, match? you're sweating over there. <laughs> oh man! Alex just had to run his fingers through his hair. He's Ooh. girl. Calm down. <laughs> Start barking over there. Yeah, that'd be amazing. All right. Well, that's gonna be fun. Um. Well, thank you guys for listening today. Um, we had fun talking about NASCAR and F1 and stuff and tea. Yeah. Um. And also, we did talk about some serious things today. Um, let us know if, like, I in talking about like ugh, the thing with Hamlin, I if we said something that maybe we shouldn't have said, let us know. Um, yeah, let us know because we are two white men. I'm gonna be real with you. We're two white men. We're two white men. We're all we're open to feedback. I'm a very reflective person. That's part okay. of my job. Um, and yeah, so just let us know. Um, also. Anyone that's like new to the podcast and um, you just kind of found us, if you have a story in racing, um, if you like, if you're in the industry, um, and if you want to kind of let us know something, um, you can message us. Um, our Twitter accounts are the Gay Racing Pod. We're both on it. Um, Dreamy Zach GP is mine. New Gaiden, like new gay, and then Den, like D E N. 
Um, it's just search new garden and replace the R with the Y and you'll oh, find it. Yeah, that's an easier way to explain it. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you have a story about being gay and racing, um, let us know. Um, and obviously yeah. we'll promise to like keep you like if you're not out, we'll not say your name. Like we're 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 respectful like that. But yeah, we've had yeah. a lot of people reach out to us before and we really appreciate it. Yeah. Yep. We're a safe um, space for you guys. Yep. And um we've been talking about Pride Month, June. That's coming up. We have some ideas. I'm excited for it. Um, yeah. So keep stay tuned. Um, but yeah, that's it. So you guys be safe. Enjoy um, Barber and Dover this weekend. And we'll see y'all next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.